I think if someone wanted to see the examples of the ups and downs that come with a pro track career, I'd point them in the direction of Luke Boucher. Luke has seen misstandards, injuries, and all the frustrations that come along with the cutthroat nature of high performance. On the other hand, he's also seen clutch performances when they matter the most, a national championship last fall at Fort Henry, and a trip to the Olympics in 2016. This week, we chat with Luke Boucher about adaptation, hard work, and a whole lot more. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. All right, so you had a big result this uh, this past weekend in Toronto at the uh, at the 5K Champs. But before we get there, I feel like we should touch on it just because you had such a solid start to the spring and then you just kind of disappeared on us. Where have you been? Uh, I've just been on the West Coast. No, no traveling this year. Um, had a, you know, I had a bit of an injury, which, like you said, was I kind of you know, started the season really strong. But, uh, you know, experimenting a little bit, kind of playing around with some things, and, and it, it led to an injury. And uh, unfortunately, it kind of ended the season a, a bit earlier before I really got to showcase, uh, you know, that, that fitness level, that, I, that new fitness level I thought I had reached. So, I mean, like, uh, you made it pretty clear uh, at the beginning of the season that you're going to try the, the steeplechase thing. Is, is that what did you in? Yeah. Uh, so, what actually, like, the actual diagnosis, uh, I had a stress fracture in my calcaneus, you know, a, a broken foot, essentially. And uh, one steeple, but uh, that first steeplechase, uh, you know, there was something something uh, not right after that whether it was just a bad bone bruise or maybe a, you know the the oncoming of a stretch reaction uh you know pre, you know kind of adding that in with another week or 10 days of running and and it, it uh, kind of led to a stretch fracture and it's uh yeah it, it's uh it's kind of a it's, it's hard to really kind of describe my feelings of the steeplechase because I don't feel like I got a full taste of it only having run one but uh, the result you know resulting in an injury kind of does leave a bit of a bad taste in the mouth so I mean like as as a professional athlete you've, you've got to have that that little bit of rocky in you you know where you where you want to get up and you, and you want to go to round 15 um, but but you're right you didn't really get a, a, a whole lot of a taste of the steeple so I mean like is it still in limbo? Like, do you, do you know what you want to do with that event yet? It's it's unfortunate, really, because, you know, the way that the IAAF is, is going with their, you know, the qualification process for the World Championships and the Olympics, it makes it really hard to experiment with something like the steeplechase. And, uh, you know, being coming from more of the 5K and even the 10K uh, kind of side of things, you know, training for the 5K or the 10K, they go hand in hand. And, you know, if you run a few 5Ks, you're going to run, there's a good chance you're going to run a good 10K and, and vice versa. And the way the qualification works is, is that you you can still play around with those two events. With the steeplechase, uh, you know, it's a bit trickier. And for myself, someone that's so new to the, to the event, it really kind of limits my opportunity for, for other you know, to run the 5K or the 10K or the 1500, you kind of have to go in with the mindset that I'm only going to run the steeplechase and I'm only, you know, kind of get 
put all my, you know, eggs in that basket. And it's still, you know, it's still a thought that, that's in the back of my head. But I think at the moment uh, we've kind of gone back to the 5K, 10K uh, idea at least. But you never know. Things are always changing. They're always evolving. And, and who knows, a year from now, two years from now, maybe, uh, maybe I give it another shot. I definitely... It's definitely something I want to get back to before the end of my career because I, I, uh, I can't have this video on slow track of me out there with the worst water jump. You know, all seven laps, not just one water pit, literally seven water pits in a row that are probably the worst ever. So it needs that. At least that needs to be fixed. Oh man, I hear where you're coming from. Um, my my little brother, when he was in high school, he uh, he's he's more of a, a distance guy now. But he uh, he thought he'd try the the steeplechase, and I think he might have tried maybe one or two. But the the local paper, they they had this habit of sitting on the water pit, and they they got just a beauty of a shot and like one of the only water pits he ever did. And that picture is still hanging up in our house, probably a decade later. So I totally hear what you're saying, man. Uh, this this past weekend in Toronto, that's uh, that was one heck of a race, man. Uh, maybe talk to me about that. You know, the big return and stuff, and and taking a look at a strong field like that and, and placing second in it. Yeah, I think I I didn't really have any uh, game plan or expectations in the race other than going and, and competing, and I knew that uh, you know obviously Ben's been rolling and and he's very fit, so I knew that you know, kind of obviously to watch him and, and, and kind of see how it went. But, uh, you know, I've been back running more or less for close to two months now. And, and uh, I mean, it's obviously kind of progresses from a walk run to, you know, it's, it's probably been four weeks now that I've been back to, you know, kind of the more or less full training. And, and I found very quick that, uh, you know, the fitness wasn't actually as bad as I had thought it would be. You know, I was kind of, I was, you know, pretty, I wouldn't, wouldn't say I was scared, but I was prepared that, uh, you know, I'd be, you know, having to work quite hard and that things were, were going to be fun for the first little while just because I figured, you know, after missing six weeks that, uh, you know, that I, I'd be lacking fitness. But it's it's been a very pleasant surprise and, and uh, just, you know, in the race, you know, having some workouts with Justin and uh, some of the other guys in our group, I knew that the fitness was there. Not the, you know, maybe not that fitness, obviously, last spring, but I knew that I had a, a decent level of fitness, and it, it was fun to just kind of go out there and, and kind of just react as the race played out and, and have some fun and kind of, you know, test the limits of, of where I am already. So it's, uh, it was a pleasant surprise, but it definitely... Uh, you know, kind of keeps the, you know, restoke the fire a little bit for the, the rest of the fall and, and getting out there in Kingston and, and uh, trying to defend that title a bit. Oh man, there's there's a lot that you just mentioned there that uh, that that I definitely want to get through. Uh, definitely, Justin and the BSEP group is is one of them, and Kingston is another one of them. But I mean, before we get there, you know, you were beaten by by Ben Flanagan, who's just had one one heck of a year. He's really come up out of I wouldn't say nowhere, just because we've we've watched him for such a long time. But he he took a big step this year. Um, you know, you made the Olympics in the, in the 5K uh, in Rio. 
And since then, we've seen, you know, Justin come up, we, uh, Justin Knight come up, we've seen Ben Flanagan come up, we've seen Mike Tate come up. We've really seen, like, a change in the field. Uh, I'm wondering how, how you're feeling about this and, and, like, how you're looking to adapt uh, to these changes of all these, uh, I don't want to say young guns because you're young yourself, but, you know, like, the, this changing, changing of the event, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think competition breeds success, so I think having these guys come up you know, it's only making me work harder and, and you know, kind of grinding away so that I can stay ahead of them as opposed to finishing behind them. Uh, but I, I always kind of turn back to, you know, Cam and even Mo being at the 2012 Olympics and, you know, especially Cam making that final with 5K in London. You know, I, I think that really just, you know, showed that, uh, you know, we can, we can be there and, and there's no difference whether we're from the U.S. or Kenya or Great Britain or, you know, whatever these other strong nations are that, you know, we can we can be there as well. And I think, uh, you know, I got there maybe a year before Justin did or, or some of these other guys, but I think it's just, uh, you know, you're continuing to see all these other athletes uh, succeed. And it, it just goes to show that if, if you're working hard, you know, you can be there as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, Justin Ken earlier. Um, this might be news to some of our listeners, but uh, I believe Evan Esselink is, is now out there and, and training with BSEP. Uh, you got Kevin Coffey, you got Jeff Martinson. Uh, you've really just got this killer, killer uh, 510K group, uh, like some half marathoners in there as well, too. What's uh, what's the BSEP group like these days? It's good. We're kind of uh, it's that time of year where... You know, everybody's off, you know, coming back from their break. And, uh, you know, Justin had a good a good year getting under that 14-minute barrier for the first time. And, and adding, you know, adding Evan in is a, is a I think it's going to be great for the group. He, he was out here for two weeks just before the race in Toronto. And he's just kind of back in Ontario for another week or two, kind of settling everything up before he moves out uh, full-time in Vancouver. But... It's been a while since we've kind of added a uh, fresh face in on the guy side, so it's uh, it's it's super exciting for me. You know, we look forward to going to practice. I I, I know Justin mentioned uh, you know at practice the other night that that first session we were on the track and it was myself, Justin, and Evan, and you know we're swapping leads every four or eight hundred meters. I remember you know he said it was the first time that he was like really really excited for a workout in a while and and. Uh, it's fun going to practice like that, looking forward to it and, you know, sharing the work with your teammates. And we all have a common goal of, you know, you know trying to be as fast as, as we can, as, you know, fast as possible. And, and uh, it's really exciting to be able to share that with some other, you know, other high-level athletes. You know, out here in Ontario, uh, kind of like the, the shining gold standard of things is, is Guelph. You go to Guelph and you, you see this community that's built up around the Speed River team. You have a city that is made up of track and field fans, you know, people who are willing to go to meets and stuff. Uh, and it's, I would say, it's like the whole nucleus of that is this high performance program, uh, you know, happening out of the university. Uh, you guys have that sort of thing with, with BSEP, where you guys have this super high performance group. Uh, you guys have, you know, a couple other clubs going on in the area as well, too. Have, have you noticed something similar, you know, like, what is the running community of Vancouver like at this point? You know, are they a really smart crowd? Uh, I think it's, it's, 
it's coming. It's hard, I think, in the Vancouver area because it's such a larger area that, than Guelph. And one thing that's really taken off is, is the run the run club sort of thing. And you definitely have, uh, you know, some athletes that are more invested into the running scene and understand the high level uh, a little bit more. Uh, but it's still one of those things, you know, the, the road racing scene is always super easy to to kind of get into. And, and when we're out on the road scene, it's a lot easier to to kind of engage with the community. I think it's something we're still, uh, you know, trying to, to learn how to kind of break into that uh, from a track standpoint. But, I mean, we're, our group isn't, you know, we're not just stuck on the track. We're, you know, kind of covering all areas, whether it's cross country or on the roads, and we're, we're kind of breaking in there and, and kind of, you know, building a name for our group a little bit more. And, and it's exciting because it's one of those things uh, with the Vancouver running community, uh, you know, becoming so much bigger and, and uh, you know, more kind of interested in the, the, you know, the higher performance side of things. You know, we're trying to make that connection and kind of grow that community as well. And, you know, it's really awesome having people like Rob and Dylan uh, with the Mile to Marathon uh, thing going on because that kind of, that's a good blend between you know those guys that were there at the high level and the more recreational side and it's uh i know like kevin coffee's there and and uh we're you know blending blending those two side of things and kind of really growing the community okay so i want to mention it because it was probably my favorite race of of all of last year uh, you know, up in Kingston, I should preface this by saying, uh, Justin Kent, who you've mentioned a couple times, uh, is a good training partner of yours. I, I ran into him on the Friday before cross country nationals last year. And he said, uh, Hey, I want to give you a little bit of a tip. You're going to want to watch CPT and you're going to want to watch Luke tomorrow. They're going to do something really, really special off the line. And, uh, <laughs> so I was like, all right, man, I'm going to hold you to this. Uh, I, uh, I don't know what you can do in a, in a cross-country race, but uh, perhaps you can take it from there. What, what happened at cross-country nationals last year, and how did it turn out for you? I mean, I, I, I don't even – I just wanted to go in there, and I wanted to – like, I wanted to rip everybody's head off. I mean, I, I, I wanted to come in, and I wanted to smash everybody, and – and uh, I mean, it's one thing to say that, and it's another thing to do it. And I, you can call me cocky or arrogant for thinking that, but I, you know, I had worked my ass off for after kind of coming off a bit of a lackluster season after the Olympics. I really wanted to, you know, set the foundation for the, you know, for the spring track season. And I felt like coming into to cross country nationals and and you know running as hard as I could from the gun. Uh, you know, it was gonna uh, was gonna be you know a good statement, and uh, I mean Charles and I had spent a couple weeks training together, and uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, it, it it was fun, it was a lot of fun, and I just had a lot of fun doing it, and you know, in the end, it worked out uh, where I didn't fall apart, and I was able to drop the rest of the field, but. Uh, it's one of those things I think nowadays, especially on the track, we, we worry so much about what times we're hitting and, and placing and people get afraid of going to the front and working hard. And, and we all, you know, we're all running hard at practice. We're all hitting the same kind of times. What's the point of, 
you know, jogging a bit, especially in cross country. Like, let's go out there. Let's see what everybody's made of. Let's let's have some fun. Get a little bit of mud on our face, and and you know, we're all better for it. We're all, you know, as soon as the gun goes off, we're, uh, battling. But you know, we're all gonna have a beer later at the after party. So it's all it's all good fun in the end. What were you surprised when no one went with you? Uh, you know, last year besides Charles, obviously, but like no one went with you. Uh. No, I mean, I think I maybe I caught people off guard a little bit by going out, you know, pretty hard the first 400 or 800. Uh, I Charles knew uh, what the plan was, and I think, uh, I mean, he made it two and a half k, and I think he kind of realized that uh, if he, you know, continued to come with me, it would be a long and and painful uh, remainder of the race. But I think I think. Part and part was maybe uh, I caught him a little off guard, but I think I was, you know, I think last fall, I think at, up until that point, I was the fittest I'd ever been from a strength standpoint. So I maybe they weren't coming with me, but I like to think that you know I was pretty pretty friggin' strong as well, and and uh, was was capable of of running away from those guys. So you know we have a we have a really good lead up into uh, coming up into this last year in Kingston. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great course. It's, uh, it's, it's probably one of the faster, uh, cross country courses that, that I've seen out there. Um, you know, are, are you thinking about, you know, doing that again, just, just going in there and just, uh, you know, just giving it everything that you have? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, this year it becomes a little bit more difficult with, uh, world cross country spot on the line and with world cross country championships being, you know, back in, in, uh, in Europe and, you know, back in Denmark, I think it's uh, it's a very exciting opportunity to run there, and y- you want to make sure that uh, you're not uh, you know throwing a spot out the window by running stupid. But at the same point, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm at the level where I can maybe risk a little bit and see what happens, and and maybe not throw a spot away. But I uh, definitely you know the plan is to come back and defend my title and I love that course in Kingston I feel like uh, it is fast but it's also you know fairly challenging and fairly technical and uh, I've kind of been saying it to like Justin or Evan I was like I feel like if they built a course for me it would be that course in Kingston it's it's uh, you need to be strong on that because you got some rolling hills and some tight turns and especially the uh, the mud I love the mud so it's uh we'll have to wait and see you know talk with the coach and and see where the fitness gets in the next few months but uh you know i don't want to i don't want to you know i'd rather i'd rather push and have it down to three or four guys in the last couple k as opposed to being there with a bigger group so we'll just have to we'll have to see what happens you know i'm glad that you mentioned uh worlds and it sounds like like you want to jump into that uh there's also you know world track championships next year uh, as well too, which hey man, I I think that's totally on the table for you. Uh, you know, especially with with the Olympics coming up and and the strong start that we saw to this season. You know, what do you have planned for the next year? Well, I think uh, I'm actually gonna run. I'm gonna in in the short term. We're gonna go right in the short term. I'm gonna run the Eastside 10K uh, next this coming weekend, which is actually the first 10K I've ever run on the road in Canada. I've only ever run one 10K on the road, and it was uh, in Puerto Rico a couple of years ago. So it's kind of 
breaking into the road scene a little bit, trying to earn a little bit of money and, and maybe get a bit more exposure. But, uh, you know, everything in the end is kind of geared back towards, you know, running fast on the track and, uh, you know, World Cross Country Championships is on the table. It's definitely something I want to run, especially with it being in Denmark, uh, you know, at the end of March. It's a little bit colder, a little bit, uh, you know, more wet there. I think that definitely caters to... Uh, my ability as a as a as a cross country runner and performing well there, so that's something on the table. And then, you know, it kind of the cycle repeats itself. We're back, you know, working hard on the track, and and uh, you know, I hit that, you know, I hit. A, I was in a good spot last year, so I'm just hoping I can, you know, get back there again uh, this year, and and then uh, you know, you know, work down those uh, those times. It's been, uh, you know, I've kind of getting tired of my PE, so I got to get out there and and run fast and and uh, show that I'm not just, uh, you know, a 1324 guy. I got to be under 1320. I want to, you know, break a few barriers and, and see uh, see where I really can get to. Well, man, uh, you know, it sounds like, you know, you got you got roads, you got tracks, you got uh, you got cross in there. It sounds like you're turning into like, well, you know, one of those one of those tough guys from the 70s, you know, who used to run on run on everything and, and race uh, race so much. I, I want to know where, where do you draw your inspiration from as a runner? You know, like who do you kind of look up to? Who have, who have you read about and, and, uh, and who do you think is, is, you know, one of the, one of the tougher guys out there? You know what? I'm, I'm not a huge, like into the old stuff. I think growing up, growing up, like I read running with the Buffaloes and, uh, you know, the perfect distance with Seb Coe and Steve Ovette. And I think, for me now, a lot of my motion motivation is from current athletes. Like I, uh, you know, seeing, you know, I know how hard Charles works and being around him, you know, I draw a lot, you know, being on training camps with him, I draw a lot of motivation from that. And, and, uh, you know, you know, people in the running community, people like Dylan and, and their, you know, their resilience and, and, you know, he's not at the level that he, he used to be and he doesn't do it for the same reasons anymore. But, uh, you know, what when I was, kind of coming up in university being around him uh you know on the track and you know 2011 2012 and, and seeing you know how hard they work and and uh you know it's just for me it's it's you know being around you know athletes more so now and seeing how hard they work and it's uh motivation and you know every once in a while you catch yourself watching you know a video of of Bikile or El Garouge or someone like that and and you know, you're so fascinated by how fast they work and you can see some of the workouts and stuff and whether it's you know real or not it's always interesting to see but uh, you know I know Charles and I go back and forth over text of the stuff we're doing in workouts when we're not together and it's always kind of motivating to to see that and, and hear that and you know get to get you ready for the next race or next workout and I don't know maybe I'm not unique in 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 that regard with you know some of the old old runners but it's uh I know Rich draws a lot of inspiration from from just good old-fashioned work and and I think that's something that we definitely you know maybe it's less Frank Shorters or the the Bill Rogers or you know those guys that that uh you know really buying into their philosophies but I think of the the guys of old, it was 
it was just hard work. You just work damn hard, and and that's something I think um, I've really bought into. Is just it doesn't matter if you're running mile repeats or uh, you know whatever the session might be, and it doesn't matter how bad you feel or how good you feel. It's it's all about you know putting that work in and 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 working hard, and and uh, I feel like that's motivation enough. You know, speaking of uh, of Charles, is he coming out this year? Uh, get a little bit of cross training in. Yeah, we'll. I mean, we'll see. It's. Uh, I mean, he's he's engaged now, so that uh, that might make it a little bit more difficult. But uh, we're trying to. We were on the phone the other day about maybe looking at some sort of winter training camp, and uh, something. Yeah, we always try and time to line something up uh over the the fall and winter and and i know he he definitely likes to come out here for for a week or two especially before uh before cross and and get a last final grind in but uh nothing nothing set in stone yet but hopefully we'll have something uh, kind of materialize in the next few weeks well it's uh man it's it's been a lot of fun to uh to watch you race over the years and that sort of stuff uh just just one more thing before we go and i feel like i'm i'm partly responsible for this you know given my some of my race announcing work but uh we should probably put it out there right now what is the proper way to say your last name you know let's uh, let's give them a public service announcement uh let's clear this up for for once and for all it's pronounced bruchet so for all the, I'm not sure how many of the race announcers will uh, will watch the or listen to the podcast, but uh, it's not Bruchette, it's not Bruchetti, it's not uh, you know anything else you can dream up. It's Bruchet, and uh, it's uh, you know I've had my dad on my ass for for a, a year now. I think it was it was actually one of the post race interviews after cross country last year where he he was like you need to get you need to get on on the pronouncer right because family name and you know he's trying to give me some noble um uh you know some noble answer to kind of get it figured out but uh it's Boucher. hopefully they listen hopefully they get it right going forward and uh won't have to do a psa in the future well i can tell you for sure that at least one cross-country national announcer will be getting your name correct this year yeah so, there we go <laughs> so uh you know papa Boucher, count on me i will totally nail it and uh, and we'll, we'll get it set man like i said one of my favorite races last year was, was cross-country nationals uh you know watching a lead from the gun uh, i'm happy to hear that that you'll be back this year and happy to see that that uh you're back racing again it's uh it's really good and uh, I'm just really happy to have you on the show this week, man. Thanks, thanks so much. No, I, I appreciate you uh, you reaching out, and you know this is a this is a call out to all the boys. You know, Charles, Ben, Justin, Mo, you know, Ross, whoever whoever we can find. Uh, let's get out to Kingston and and make some fireworks happen because uh, I think we can have a pretty special World Cross team, and and with uh, the talent we have right now. Um, you know, there's no reason we can't go into Worlds and, and do something special, something that hasn't been done by Canadian athletes, uh, you know, in the senior men's race before. So uh, let's uh, let's see what you got, fellas. The call has been put out. Consider themselves tagged in all of this. It's going to happen in Kingston. Hope to see everybody out there. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Thanks for having me. That wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guest this week, Luke. 
as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, tracky.ca. Big thanks to you for listening. This has been The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Music.